Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The normal question, the first question is always, are these cannibals? Everybody to episode 124 of DMT. I'm your host this week, Frank Branches, alongside the author extraordinaire, Jack Wallen. Jack, how are you? I am still alive. I have not joined the <laughs> undead yet. You haven't joined the legions of the undead yet. Uh, yes. Well, I, I always figure I am part of the legion of the undead for some that, reason. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you've got a point. I mean, we, we are entertainers Within that genre, so right. I guess we're part and parcel to it. There you go. Uh, I spend an awful lot of time <laughs> considering it and, right. and pondering about it and writing about it. I may as well be part of it. <laughs> exactly. You should do a book like that from a zombie's perspective. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome, man. Uh, Kat's on assignment this week. She'll be rejoining us back next week. So, Jack, um, it's been a heck of a week, a good week for me. Um, yeah. what you been up to? You, you talked a little bit about some voiceover stuff. Yeah. Um, I've been working as usual, uh, writing like a madman. I, uh, zombie radio two is up and ready. It'll be released, uh, January 30th. That's a Friday. Um, finished writing a, uh, um, rather interesting piece of fiction. Uh, me and three other authors, we're, um, going to have a table together at mid South con and uh, we had sort of been planning all of these, you know, kind of world domination things <laughs> for the for the convention, and and in the process, we said, "Hey, let's uh, let's write a book together." Yeah, we thought, "Yeah, we can do that. We can we can bang something out before the convention and mm-hmm. and sell it." You know, it's unique four authors writing together. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Yeah, what do we write about?" And I said, <laughs> "You know, I've always wanted to write a B horror novel." Yeah. So yeah. they were like, "Okay, we can try that." <clears throat> so they said, well, since it's your idea, you start the first chapter. 
<laughs> so I, I started the first chapter, uh-huh. and then out of nowhere, this book devolved into a bizarro mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And none, none of us had ever written a bizarro book. And it turned out to be some of the most fun stuff I've ever written. <laughs> you know, and it's like, we, I, th- I think that we were just trying to see if we could trip each other up or, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to kill everybody off. Everybody did. <laughs> and then what does the next writer do with that? Right. And it just, it, 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 you know, we've got a 41-foot tall Morgan Freeman and, and uh, it's just, it's crazy. But it was so much fun. We finished that. Um, it's out for pre-order as well as Zombie Radio 2. Um, I started doing the other, um, uh, we started the second episode of the Serial Reunion um, and I'm still getting through another book. So I was effectively, I, over the last month, I've been writing three books at once. You are very prolific about, yeah. <laughs> about yeah. getting these books out, Jack. Yeah. I have to say, like, um, it's, it's super impressive. Like Thank you. a lot of people, uh, it takes a year or two. I mean, just look at somebody like, um, uh, Martin, you know, with yeah. the, um, game of thrones stuff that yeah. guy takes forever and i i understand why because when you right. read read his stuff i mean you have to know what color the tapestries yeah. are in his well he's stuff. also um he's he's with a, a fairly large publisher uh-huh. a traditional right. publisher right. and most often traditional publishers bound or bind their authors to only writing one book a year yeah yeah and, that's and th- you know it's stupid yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but it doesn't take a year to write a book. And I know that I know that people, you know, we're in a weird place mm. right now with books. Yeah, um, we've reached the point, and I think part part of it has to do with the binge watching mentality because mm-hmm. we've got people that are now binge reading. Yeah, and if you're only putting out one book a year, people are going to forget about you, unless your book is turned into a movie or a series. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're just going to forget about you. Do you think the majors, like uh, publishers, have that in mind when they sign these major authors to these one-year? Well, like, here's the thing: if they if they signed these authors and said we're going to have you publish, you know, four books a, a year. What happens is, is they publish that first book and it gets on the bookshelves uh-huh. and then they publish the second book. And then that second book knocks the first book off the bookshelves ah, because gotcha. there's precious space anymore. Right, right. So they, what they want is they, they want to eke out as much money as they can from each book. I got gotcha. you. And they haven't figured out that, oh, you know what? Ebooks don't have a shelf life. Right, right. Well, that that's going to change. Um, it's it's funny that you mentioned that type of stuff because I was in uh, Target today, mm-hmm. and I was noticing that the DVD collection is still huge. Like, I mean, I know, well, isn't that surprising? It is. It's really surprising. Like they they want to milk both cows. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they want yeah. the Blu-ray market. They want the DVD market. Yeah. And uh, we just, I just bought a Chromecast the other day, and mm-hmm. what a remarkable device! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's you know, <laughs> if you want to watch it, you can watch it. Yeah. And yeah. It, and it's, you know, and, and, and it's, it's kind of strange because we keep getting DVDs from Netflix and we don't watch them. Mm-hmm. We just send them back. And so I'm like, well, let's just quit, cancel the DVD service. But then you stop and think, well, but, you know, the streaming, they, their new releases in the streaming is pathetic. Yeah, it's pretty. And, you know, and look at, look at the, you know, the zombie offerings and then the streaming. It's, eh, 
so-so at yeah. best. And or not just zombie, but horror in general. You got to dig really deep to find something good. And there are some real gems in there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's 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 a great time to to be a, a fan of, of movies and television. But at the same time, it's an expensive time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, books are, are pretty expensive when they come out, too, except for like people like you, Jack. Yeah. Are putting out. You know, works and usually they're you know what four nine ninety nine. No, um, my my um, novellas six, six, are a dollar ninety nine, and my full length books are three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because yeah. you know it's like I just you know release a, a a thirty. Granted, you know, like my novellas are around thirty thousand words, um, but a dollar ninety nine <laughs> that's cheaper than a latte from. Right. from Starbucks. Right. I, and and that's that's the sad yeah. thing about yeah. about writers. They're they're right. up against it, you know, especially yeah. if you're an independent, you right. know. And the readers have to understand. It's like, you know, of that $1.99, I get 70 cents. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Now, if I if I were with a traditional publisher, I would get far less. Right. Right. But, you know, they have to you know, people it's it's like, you know, you have to understand how much work and time and 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 my dollars go into those you know you got to pay for stuff now with zombie radio too i'm i I didn't pay for the cover because i do all my covers and i didn't have to buy any stock because i got brave and i used my own picture Mm -hmm. on the cover Mm -hmm. and i i'd play i'd planned that a long time ago i knew i was going to do it because i you know i am the dj of zombie radio so it it worked out that way but you know it's really easy to lose money yeah. As an author right now. Yeah, that that's sad because a lot of people are putting out uh, really good work. I read um, M.A. Rogers has a really – I haven't read the sequel. Um, I think it's called Chiv- Chivalry is Undead. Yeah. It's really good, man. Yeah. I mean it's 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 really good quality. Yeah. And, and people like you, people like that guy, M.A. Rogers, I can name – a bunch of independent zombie authors that are doing really good work. Even some right. of the fan fiction that's out there yeah. is superb, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, and the, the thing is, is that the the beautiful thing about it is, is that a lot of, um, you know, well, in any genre, the, the indie artists, indie authors mm-hmm. aren't, aren't bound by the standard genres. Yeah. So we can, we can, we can invent our own. You know, if, if I weren't able to, to go the indie route, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would hand, you know, I would submit like zombie radio, for example, mm-hmm. to agents and publishers and they would go, we don't know what to do with this. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's because you don't have any, you don't have a single ounce of creativity in your head and you're so afraid of failure, just like Hollywood. Hollywood is mortified at the idea of failing, you know, and granted their films are costing you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and they can't afford to lose those. But look at what's, look at what that is, what effect that has. You know, that's a good point too, Jack. A lot of, a lot of the studios are looking at lower budget movies that are raking in dough. Like, yeah. like, you know, they'll, they'll put in, you know, a good five, six, 20 million for a movie. Mm-hmm. And that movie usually pans out to in spades. I mean, they'll, they'll easily double their. Look what the Blair Witch Project did. Oh, big time. I mean, yeah. you want to talk about a perfect example. I mean, Blair Witch was made on what? I think it was like 40, 50, 60,000. Yeah. It was like 38 million, I think. And no, it wasn't 38 million. It was 
38000 Yeah, it? something like that. So but, cheap. And yeah. it grossed worldwide over almost $300 million. Yeah, it was, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's, and, it's you know, and what about like the Babadook? Yeah, I have Australian not seen film. that. I heard it. I it heard is really good thing. It's the best. It's the best horror movie of 2014. Wow, hands down. And it's you know it's what it why it was so good was that it 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 shrugged off all of the trappings of standard horror, mm-hmm. and and kind of brought back um, mood and ambiance and let it become a major character in the in the movie. This is what um, a lot of people don't give John Car- Carpenter a lot of credit mm-hmm. for. Uh, Jack, like You're right. movies like The Fog back in the day. I mean, oh god, that was a great film. Yeah, I mean, nowadays we look at it; it's not you know nearly uh, as scary as what we remember it to be because sometimes our memories are you know yeah. over the years. But still, even still, the the atmosphere and the mood yeah. of that. Movie, well, I just I just watched a video today on face. Somebody posted it on Facebook about what is causing the modern horror to fail. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliantly done. And the, the gist of it was, um, is the jump cut, yeah. the jump scare. Yeah. It's, it's ruining horror, you know, and, and people are, have become um, used to that. And so by the end of the movie, there's no payoff. Yeah. You know, even in speaking, speaking about John Carpenter, even the movie Halloween, even though it had oh, like, yeah. a lot of those, those jump scares that you're talking about, it, it definitely had a mood, like with the whole Haddonfield town yeah. and, the, you know, the fall and the leaves and the way that it was constructed was so masterful, you know, and that's... Well, that's here's the thing. You, you say that Halloween had the typical jump jump scares, but they're, they were very different. Yeah. And, and yeah. actually, this guy in this video pointed this out. In Halloween, like there's, there's a lot of false jump scares mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and... In modern horror, even false jump scares, there's there's everything goes to silence. Yeah. And then there's the jump scare that is accompanied by this loud sounds or music. And and you know, he he brings up the scene where um um oh the main character, the guy, um, played by Donald Pleasance. Oh, uh Loomis. Loomis, yeah. yeah. He's he he's con- he's very content on watching something and a policeman comes up behind him and taps him on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. And when he taps him on the shoulder and Loomis jumps, there's no sound. Yeah. And they left it up to the audience to, to make that sound and it worked perfectly. But, and then he showed us what it would be like if it were today and he added the sound and then it was all of a sudden it was like, Oh, that was stupid. (laughs) You know, that's, that's good stuff, man. I mean, we could do a whole show on that. I mean, even in the zombie genre, but yeah. Well, yeah. And look at the, look at how the, the modern zombie genre, what they've done, you know, and, and you can even bring this to the walking dead, how, you know, it's the, the there. Music. There become so many, so many um, um, tropes that people feel are necessary. Yeah, right. For these films, right. And and if they went back to old school, old school horror. Yeah. Um, and you're right. A lot of that music is jarring, and yeah. it, it will scare you in a movie theater. Right? There's no lying. I mean, if you go to a movie theater nowadays, you see a modern film. I mean that music will is alone is enough to make you jump, but usually yeah. the audience is laughing yeah. after that. You know, and that's now, not... um, I I, ha- I I love um, film scores. Uh, in fact, I I do most of my writing 
with film scores in my ears, you know, uh-huh. headphones and stuff. And like this, the score to Sinister, if you listen to the score to Sinister with the lights out, yeah. it'll scare you. It's good stuff. It is. <laughs> And, you know, and it's cool. But, you know, some directors understand that the music can become a character of its own. Yep. Yeah. Instead of just kind of playing off of it. God, Sinister is so good. I, it I was. It was. Movie. It was very good. Um, so, well, let's go from that. Uh, you Earlier you were speaking about B-movies. Yeah. Uh, writing a B-movie type novel. Yeah. But one of the most famous B-movies of all time is Plan 9 from Outer Space. Right. And um, this is from over a week ago. Um, there's a trailer out there for... Uh, I don't. I hesitate, hesitate to say remake. It's more of a yeah. reimagining yeah. of Plan Nine from Outer Space. It's just called Plan Nine. Yeah. Uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space is, of course, the uh, off-panned um, B-movie horror flick from uh, 1959 from Ed Wood, um, widely regarded as one of the worst of all time. Um, but I think it's one of the worst in a good way. Right, yeah, Jack? I, I mean, it's, I agree. It's so bad. It's good type of movie. I know that's kind of cliche. I've said it a lot of times on this show, but it's the best way to describe movies like that. Like, you know, Toxic Avenger, for instance, that movie's really bad, but it's so good, yeah. you know? Well, you know, the thing is, is that people just, people look at the film way out of context, context and they say oh you know it's it's just a it's just a a bad movie from a man who didn't know how to make movies Mm -hmm. but that's not true it was it was a movie done by a man who was probably more passionate about film than anybody at his time Mm. and he was doing it on a shoestring budget or no budget at all and he just he was doing it out of the love for making films and you know it's yes it's you look at the film and you go what the hell is this about (laughs) but you know it's the thing is is that movie is still played today yeah yeah. it's definitely legendary for sure i mean it's it's one of those movies that you kind of roll your eyes when you hear about it but if you watch it you can definitely have a good time especially with other and i i would say i would and, and i'm totally honest about this I think that there are worse movies released today to big screens than than were than than Plan Nine from Outer Space. I I think there's some definitely on the same level. I'm not. I'm not I would gonna... say like The Box. Did you ever see The Box? Oh, that was so bad. That's it, with Frank Langella. Yeah, Frank Langella. And... I would say that that movie is worse than Plan Nine from Outer Space. It's pretty bad. I think Cameron Diaz was, was yes. in that movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, oh, so bad. Um, but... You know, and 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 you can't. Since you know, since it's our our t- bread and butter, you're hard pressed to find a modern zombie movie better than Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, I think that's a fair statement. But that's you know, Night of the Living Dead, such a gold standard. That's that's the thing. Like, anytime we watch movies nowadays, like um, the Dawn of the Dead remake, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of zombie lovers, I call them fanboys, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of, I'm a fanboy. I love yeah, zombies sure. and, and stuff like that. But um, that movie got trashed by fanboys. And it's like, yeah. it's not supposed to be the original, you know? But it was su- super well made. I, I thought mm-hmm. there were a ton of good scares. Um, fast zombie, slow zombie arguments are so dumb to sure. me. It's like... 
you know, what, whatever you like is what's good. You know, I mean, if you like fast zombies then watch fast zombie movies, if you don't watch the slower ones, I'm not, I'm not such a traditionalist Jack that oh, I, can't, no. I can't accept fast zombies, you know? No. Just well, you know, uh, I, I broke those traditions a long time ago. Yeah. I've got, I've got in my series, I've got slow zombies. I've got fast zombies. I've got zombies covered in bone armor, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, it has to evolve, and and I feel very adamant about that. I think you know, it's just like all other monsters evolve. Some look Godzilla. Look at <laughs> how Godzilla's evolved. Oh yeah, for sure. From the um, uh, costumed person stomping on uh, model sets to yeah. modern day CGI. You know, that's that's a good example, man. They they have to evolve. Bone Bone Armor, that reminds me of a movie uh that I reviewed on this show before called Blood Creek, you know, with the Oh the, I don't think I've seen that. Oh. Um it's it's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's got some interesting ideas. It has Michael Fassbender in it. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's really good. Uh Henry Cavill, Superman, is in it. Oh yeah. Um and the guy from Prison Break, Dominic Purcell, I think. But mm-hmm. that's a movie worth checking out, uh, Jack. I'd be interested on your take on that movie if you mm-hmm. ever ever get a couple uh, hour and a half to spend watching a movie with your uh, wife. It, it, I think you guys would enjoy that movie for what it is. But yeah. there's a um, uh, bone armor that protects from from the main um, protagonist <laughs> or antagonist. I'm sorry, yeah. but. Um, it's good stuff, man. I like I like that movie, but you know, and and the thing is, the thing is, is you know, when before I started writing mm-hmm. I, zombie uh, novels, I, I read a lot of them, and you know, I all this, after a while, I felt like I was reading the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and and you know, if if fans of the genre, and this goes with a lot, goes for movies and books and everything, if fans don't allow for an evolution to occur. They will stop enjoying the genre. You can't just sit back and watch the same movie over and over and over again. Yeah, this is the argument I made uh, in favor of Romero's later films because some of his later films are great. Yeah, Uh, and some of them aren't so good. Survival of the Dead, not so good. But in Land of the Dead, gets panned pretty universal. But the idea of the evolving zombie was always always something that interested me, Jack. Yeah, and and I. I I happen to think that that's kind of the future. I mean, I think Romero was so ahead of his time with certain mm-hmm. ideas and thematic elements in his movies that even now and and on in, on into the future, people are going to explore the possibilities of maybe zombies evolving to the point where they start thinking again and yeah. start you know functioning. <laughs> well, I mean, I've talked I, about this before, uh, Jack. Uh-huh. Um, I used to play. Uh, a game called Werewolf. It was a yeah, tabletop uh, I know game. that one. Yeah. Um, and it was really fun, but they, there were zombies that were cognizant. and sure. But they still had the tropes. You know, they yeah. had to eat yeah. human flesh and and other things. And I always thought that that was an interesting way of going with, yeah. with zombies. And, and I actually have that coming up in my zombie series. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and it's, it's actually – it started out in uh, one of the last um, – one of the last books, um, there's a, a zombie that goes by the name of Subject 001. Uh-huh. Um, and he's being, it's, it was a forced evolution 
on the part of the the group that's caused all of this and and there's there's a reason why they're doing it and uh you know it's it's like seriously if if you have a a an insanely powerful group of people that just also happen to have some very powerful geneticists and biologists they're going to do whatever they can to get what they want mm-hmm. even if that means twisting and reshaping evolution mm-hmm uh, which is fine. I mean, there have been a lot of um, scientists that have shaped uh, or tried to bend evolution in our favor. I mean, you look at a lot of the um, uh, genetically modified foods that we eat and, and other stuff like that. Like, that's something um, evolution would have taken, you know, probably thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years yeah. to evolve yeah. into, you know. It's, and, and let's think about this. What, let's just say for, you know, giggles and poos that <laughs> the apocalypse happens and then there are zombies and they exist. What would Mother Nature do to them? How would Mother Nature evolve these things? Even if it takes a long period of time, right, right. What, would she, what, would, what would happen? Well, I think they're, that's, they're not just going to stay remain stagnant. Right. I think that's the crux of what Romero was trying to portray in his movies, even though it was kind of um, – there was no real explanation. I think if he would have delved – into the science of it, a movie like Land Land of the Dead might have been a lot better. You know, I mean, he yeah. he started it with uh, Don, right, with Bub, and yeah. um, he continued it on with Land of the Dead with the um, African American actor that was playing that zombie. I mean, it, yeah. it, it. I mean, those type of themes are heady, you know, and and well thought out, even though the execution wasn't there. You know, so yeah. I don't know. Um, well, I don't think we're ever going to have a fast versus slow zombie um, discussion on this show because, I, like I said before, many, <laughs> many times, I think it's a dumb argument. You I know, do, too. Do you prefer fast or slow zombies? Um, but what I was thinking about today, uh, it's snowing right now in Denver. Yeah. And we've, I don't know if I discussed this with you in particular, Jack. I was talking to you a little bit about it off the air. Um, I, I just can't get past, um, the cold not being an advantage for humans if a zombie apocalypse ever happened, you know, um, I don't, I don't think like weather like I'm having today, which is not exactly freezing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably like 31, 32. I know Uh 32 is freezing, but and and if you go outside with a jacket, you're going to be fine. It's not super cold. You're not going to die of you know hypothermia. But I, I thought about days in Colorado, and and I don't know how it is where you are, Jack. But there are certain days that dip below zero. Mm-hmm. Here. You know, like sometimes we've had even up to negative ten. I don't care uh, what type of zombie you are. You're not moving in that that weather. You know, you're you're dead. You're the undead. You know, your right. cells aren't moving. Obviously, there's still some brain activity which forces you to, you know, eat, bra- you know, someone's brains or flesh or or whatever. But I just can't get um, past the fact that becoming a zombie doesn't make you – doesn't give you superhuman powers. No. You know, you're not, you're not going to go through – if it were to ever to happen – uh, I think there would be a huge advantage to people that lived in cold weather as a, 
as opposed to the warm climate. You know, I mean, I think I think zombies would be frozen. I mean, think about a place like Siberia or Antarctica. Zombies just wouldn't be there. You know, they. I mean, right. I, it's very sparse as it is with regular you know human beings but zombies forget about it man yeah and then you have to think of just the the technical aspects of the of the weather Mm -hmm. um let's you know let's say you're up in the northeast Mm -hmm. in new york and all that where where blizzards and gigantic amounts of snow fall are regular occurrences in the winter Mm -hmm. and you've got a zombie that's got just lower lower motor function and they find themselves in a in a in a <laughs> snowdrift, right. they're not going to have the intelligence to figure out how to. If they can't muscle their way through it, they're not going to be moving until spring. Well, and here's the other thing, all right? They have to have an energy source to keep going, sure. which, which I'm assuming is the reason they're trying to eat people's flesh, right? Yeah. yeah. So how long would it be before a zombie quote unquote died again? Dies, right. You know, I mean, I, sure. I just. I can't yeah, and you have to remember, though, in the wintertime with bad weather, people are very much less likely to be outside. So there's not going to be as much you – know, the pickings are going to be slim even for the zombies. <laughs> so, I mean, people laugh when I say things like I'd be just fine going up to a mountain and mm-hmm. watching down below all the chaos that's that's going on. I don't – I also don't believe zombies can climb fucking mountains, you know? No, I just, no. I, I just don't believe it. Like I, 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 I don't know. In books, it makes a lot of sense to make your zombies lucid and and, and little sure. dexterous and, and stuff like that. I'm sure a lot of your novels, you know, are that way, Jack. But mm-hmm. if we're thinking real-life terms, a zombie apocalypse is scary, right? There's no, yeah. no question about it. Right. But I think I wouldn't – be super concerned with it because I, I think there's natural elements that would help us out, like the cold, um, sure. elevation. Like I think it was M.A. Rogers' novel where the zombies couldn't even get over a, a median right. on the highway. Right. You know, right. so. Um, well, the the truth of the matter is, um, I think that if if it were to really happen, it would probably be much. Uh, quite a bit more boring than it is in film mm-hmm, and books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just like just like um, when I was in grad school, I had a stage combat class, mm-hmm. and we studied um, we studied uh, sword fighting. Mm-hmm. And one of the it's it's really interesting when you when you know what sword fighting was like back in like Victorian and Elizabethan England. Mm-hmm. They the the fights were so boring because you were afraid to just get stabbed or scratched with a sword because you would die of infection. Mm-hmm. So they would just kind of circle each other for a while and hope that they could get a, a jab in. Mm-hmm. They weren't the swashbuckling fights that we see on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm fairly certain that um you know maybe not at first but eventually the apocalypse would become very boring to be a participant in. Right, right. That's exactly right. Like, I think everything is romanticized in movies and even in books, Jack. Like, if you think of um, fighting, for instance, if you uh-huh. if you watch an action movie, fights are, you know, you're going back and forth, the guy's hitting him, a guy, another guy in the face, and he's roundhouse kicking him and doing all this stuff. I mean, in, in real life, any one of those punches would drop somebody. Oh, you know? sure. Like, On top of which... You would break your hand, right? I've I've seen real fights in real life. If you if you go go to Google, yeah, and you type in like 
women fighting or men fighting or stuff yeah. like that. I mean, they have just this myriad of, and, and they're all short videos. They never last long. Yeah. You know, every fight I've ever been in, which, which hasn't been very many. Cause I'm not, I hate it. You know, when you're a kid, you're, oh, sure. sometimes you get bullied and you get into yeah. a fight or, or whatever, but they never last beyond one or two, maybe three, four punches before the fight's over. You, right. you know, who won. Right. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't know. It just stuff like that um, really sticks well, out with me. They're, they're also you can you can you can traverse the 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 landscape of genres and find stuff like that where the reality is is not exactly what the fantasy is. Just just like you know, look at look at like it's like Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that horrific piece of crap. <laughs> You know, well, it was based on Twilight, which was right. Of course, it was a fan fiction. But right. you know, it's on. You see on Facebook all these. You know, I, I see all these posts, and part of them, part of it is that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a lot of lot of writer circles and such. But you see all of these books with these covers, you know, with you know about these sort of uh, pseudo S and M books and all that. And it's like, you know, the women or men reading these books. The second someone would approach them about that, about being involved, they'd be, and when the reality hit them in the face with a pair of handcuffs, they'd be like, "Yeah, no, I don't want to be a part of that." Right. That's exactly- you know, it's it's just like the, the <laughs> it's it's great that we fantasize things, yeah. you know, like like the apocalypse and um, you know horror, and Batman, you know, all of these superhero shows. But the reality of it, I mean, think about it. You know, um, what was that movie? Um, there, well, there have been a number of movies. Well, like Kick Ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he, I love the first movie. I, I tried to watch the second one; and it was awful. But when he, when the, when the dude was first trying to become a superhero, and how hard it was, it was a struggle for him. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine trying to be a superhero vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like all these people calling for, you know, we need to rise up against mm-hmm. the government. You know, yeah. yeah, we do. But the reality is, we can't. Right. Right. No. You you're know, and right. it's yeah. it's the same thing with all these militias. You know, you've got these people that, you know, stockpiling weapons and stuff. It's like the truth of the matter is, is if you try to rise up with your little stockpile of guns and weapons and the <laughs> army drives in with their tanks and such and right, SWAT, it's over. you're dead. It's over. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm more interested, Jack, in things like I read uh, this a while back on the Zombie Research Society's website about um, these uh, zombie uh, ants. Oh yeah, where, <laughs> like a parasite yeah. takes over. That to me is infinitely more scary. You know, like if aliens were to exist, I would imagine them like attacking us in this this way. You know, they oh yeah, plant something in our well, our that's bodies. the thing, man. In my opinion, some of the most frightening things out there are the things that we don't know about that exist in nature. Yeah, yeah. You know those those um, um, amoebas. That can yeah. get into your brain. Yeah, from yeah. from a, a small puddle of water. Well, there, what was it? There was a story about, um, uh, and I, there, I don't think it's possible because your your urine stream, like if you pee in a river, supposedly if you peed in this river, a parasite would go up the stream and into your penis and cause <laughs> you know a, a lot of stuff. Um, you can that read would, about yeah. that. It's actually, I mean, there have been stories about it. I don't, I don't know the accuracy of that because I. I I mean, if you look at uh, your, don't ask me how I know this, Jack. But if you look at a stream of urine in slow motion, yeah. there's no continuity to it. It it sure. it's broken up. It's not just like you know what I mean. Yeah. But um, 
if you're in the water uh, no this is what it was if you're in this body of water i can't remember if it was a river or i'm pretty sure it was a river but there's this little um it's not a germ it's it and it's not that small it's a little like fish like a tiny fish like organism that mm-hmm. will swim like if you pee in the water it it, it guides itself via your urine right into sure. your penis and and you know you have to have surgery and it's horrible you know but oh, yeah. but um i i just think of stuff like that being way scarier you know like like the plague like you like you're saying jack it's not as romanticized as what we make it out to be if a zombie apocalypse happens it's going to be something like the plague like people yeah. just die which is scary enough is in, in itself right like yeah. I, I can't imagine living back in in the times of the plague, and then people are just getting these boils on their skin and just oh, killing yeah. over, and and you know very contagious and and stuff like that. Like I I don't know, people freak out about like stuff like pink eye. Like I never understood that either. Like I know it's highly contagious, but big deal. You you put on some, you know, you get pink eye. You put a little a few drops, and a couple of days later you're good to go. Right. You know, but. Uh, uh, can you imagine that, like a plague, like a modern, modern day plague that uh, just ravages the the human race? I, I, that's infinitely more scary to me. Sure, and yeah. and you know people are, horror, they're they're terrified of the unknown, you know, yeah. and I think that's part part of why, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get into this debate, but I think that's part of the reason why people are so afraid of death. Yeah, because. I mean, I'll I'll just sort of mention this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had this conversation with other people before, but when death comes, we are going to know with one hundred percent surety whether or not the religious people were right or the atheists were right. <laughs> well, that uh, yeah, you you can say that, but. Uh... How would we know if the atheists are right? Nobody's ever going to. Well, what I'm saying is, is individually, like when I die, if (laughs) if all of a sudden I'm standing at these pearly gates and I'm being judged whether or not I'm going to go to heaven or if I'm going to be cast (laughs) down to hell, I'm going to know that I was wrong. Right. But and if if I die and that's it. Right. But you won't know that. I will know. I won't know that. (laughs) So so I guess we're either going to know if we were right. Right. Oh, that's it. And that's it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a one-way street there. You it know? is. It's like it's, yeah, no... it's kind of an unfair one-way and street. I think, but... Right. And I think that's what terrifies people about death yeah. in general. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm mean, i, I I'm kind of that way. I, I you know, I, I don't even like to think about it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm living forever and that's, that's it, you know? <laughs> that's, you know, that's... It's weird because I'm, I'm in, I'm, you know, 47 years old and... So I'm reaching that point where, um, you know, my parents are in very bad health. Mm. Um, friends that I went to high school with are dying. Oof. And, you know, and granted, you know, why are you dying at 47? Right. You know, but then, then, you know, and that has to do with not taking care of yourself and all that. But, yeah. you know, it's you do when you're in your 20s. You think you're invincible mm. and nothing will ever stop you. Right. And that's a great feeling to have. And, and and it's a shame that that feeling goes away so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, why you got to enjoy your time. Look, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're and doing, that's, you know, yeah. one of the, one of the things that I hold on to very dearly is, is, is youth. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I think that that keeps me healthy. Yeah. I, I think there's something to that for sure, Jack. Like that's, I mean, for me, like doing all this geeky dorky stuff, mm-hmm. like we're, we're in, in a, doing a podcast about zombies, right? Yeah. But damn it, I'm having fun. You know, sure. I mean, that's, that's all life is yeah. about, man. Just, and, and think about, you know, the, the people I'm, I'm, I, I'll preface this by saying that I know I'm very fortunate. Um, but the, you know, and I've, I've been in the other, on the other side of the fence, but the people that, you know, spend eight or nine hours a day in a cubicle mm. doing something they hate, yeah. working for people that they despise, yeah. their life, their quality of life and their lifespan is severely impacted by that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it, and, it's, and, it's and I've said this before, those people, when the apocalypse comes, they're going to be set free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like Shaun of the Dead at the beginning, yeah. right? And then, you know, and I always tell people, I said, that's perfect. Shaun of the Dead, Simon Pegg did the genre such a service right. by showing how perfectly apt the zombie genre is as a metaphor for corporate culture and, and, and how dehumanizing it is. Right. You know, it's funny that you say that, Jack, because I used to work in a cubicle like that. Mm-hmm. I was... I was working for ah oh, fuck it I can say it I was working for Sprint I was uh-huh. a quality quality assurance um, technician I guess is what they call it mm-hmm. um, but I was sitting in a desk looking at order after order doing mm-hmm. the same mundane thing oh, day yeah. after day you know and and I was partially disabled too my I had gotten into an accident it's a reason why I took a sedentary job mm-hmm. but once my mind started started to deteriorate from that i told my wife i said there's two things my my back hurts too much to be sitting in this desk all day and my mind is wasting i can't yeah. i cannot do it anymore you know i'd rather do anything but i'd rather yeah. not work than lose my mind doing this this mundane task you know and it was it was kind of an important job you know you had to make yeah. sure that the orders were taken care of in in a proper manner and and stuff like that and there was lots of money at stake but i i just felt like i just could not do that anymore I, it's it's not because i was lazy it was because i i had kids to take care yeah. of for first and foremost and it was costing me a lot of money and gas there were a lot of factors and me leaving that position, but the main one was I didn't want to lose my mind. And I would have. If I would have stayed there, yeah. I stayed there for two years, Jack. Yeah. And that I, was that was more than enough. I know exactly how you feel. I was I was in the PC support industry for six mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and I was coming home angry all the time. And I, 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 I couldn't I can't imagine going back to that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was... I, it it's but you know this, you know, it's, it's so I, I always find it so effing ironic when people talk to me, you know, and they find out that I, I'm a, a writer of zombie literature mm. and they're like, yeah, well, that's it's not real. It's fictional. It's and I'm like, excuse me, how do you feel at about two o'clock during the afternoon at mm. your job? Oh, right. I kind of feel like a zombie. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, Point exactly. taken. <laughs> you know, the yeah, just it, it's the zombification of the entire United States, man. Yeah. I mean, you you have a few people at the top who are super rich, right? Like yeah. I know Sprint's um, during the whole um, housing crash and the economy going to shit. I mean, these guys were getting 
bonuses, not even their yeah. usual salary yeah. in the millions, man. I'm like, I'm like, you know, there's a certain point where you've made enough money. Yeah, where you don't need you, to make anymore. You don't need to make the extra bonuses. Yeah. Like it's like Coke and Pepsi. Up. You don't need to advertise anymore. Right. It's like, come on, man. Well, think about this. Over the last 30 years, the upper 1%, their income has increased exponentially every year. Oh, yeah. I mean, And, and everybody else has either – their income has either plummeted or yeah. stayed stagnant. Yeah. There I, is something fundamentally wrong with that. And that is why – you know, that's why I, I look at the people – you know, in this country, and like you are all zombies, and you don't realize it, and you don't realize what's happening to you, and you, you, you know, you don't want to do anything about it simply because you know you've you're a zombie, right? Uh, you know, and for some people, uh, they're they're fine, they're fine with that, and there's not necessarily something wrong with that, but you know, the, you're right, Jack. There's there's going to be a certain time in your life when you realize you are just a zombie, you know, yeah. and and. I'm all for businesses making money, Jack. Like yeah, I, yeah, I want people to make money. Like I want you to make money, Jack. I want to make money. You know? Yeah. I, I'm, I keep thinking of ways to monetize my network and and you know stuff like that. I mean, there's always something to that. You know, to each his yeah. own. I was I was looking at this uh, Kickstarter, which I I did detest Kickstarter yeah, and yeah. and stuff like that. But um, there was a game. It's a a card game called uh cats and bombs or something like that mm -hmm. i can't remember but basically the idea was you draw cards until you get a cat if you get a cat you blow up and you're done with the game unless you get other cards and mm -hmm. and stuff like that right which mm -hmm. that's fine sounds kind of sure. fun the guy had a goal of ten thousand dollars okay and he ended up making check this out jack and it's still it's still got 29 days to go so i'm sure it'll go up from here 1.9 million what? dollars 1.9 million dollars to make this card game jack so i say to you jack what are we doing here sitting here making a podcast let's go make a card game about zombies yeah <laughs> well you know one of the things that i i have said before um that we've reached a point in our lives i think where things like insurance shouldn't be necessary because we could say oh my god um I have to have a, a, a kidney transplant, hmm. you know, and then we get on Kickstarter or whatever and we, we not Kickstarter, but fund me or whatever and say, please help me. I, I can't, you know, and then people just donate a dollar, two dollars. And, you know, that would be, you know, that that's, that's like the, the affordable care act made hmm. real and, and truly affordable. It's like, okay, this dude over here needs, uh, you know, he's, he's got to have surgery. He can't afford it. Here's five bucks, dude. Get it done. Yeah. You know, and we just, it's just, we just support each other. I think there's inherent issues with that. Though, of course Jack. there is. Of course um, people would abuse it and people would abuse it. But not only that, um, uh, you got to think of, the majority as a poor as opposed to the minority in this country like if you're oh i know if, if you're deciding um and i could see this from uh kind of both ways like a conservative mindset or a liberal mindset you know if you're let's say i just use this for an example i'm not a racist by any stretch of the imagination but i'm i'm using this as an example if you're if you're a white uh, upper class person are you going to support the person that is white upper you know maybe middle right, class I know, yeah. you, you know what i mean there's there's inherent issues with that but the the 
sentiment is there, and I I agree with it one hundred percent. But there are inherent issues. I mean, can you imagine like a black family trying to get sure. money for? I, I mean, it would it would be unless it unless the media took hold of it, it would be next near to impossible. You'd well, see, what what happens is is human nature gets involved. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's you know one of the the downfalls of our society is is human nature. You know, you know? I, it would be an interesting experiment, Jack. If if the government w- would sponsor something like it, like have a a pool of money that was indis- indiscriminate that they wouldn't use for defense or something stupid like that. Sure. Like if they put money into a pool that people yeah. like a Kickstarter or sure. a FundMe that people would put money into, and you know, it, you apply for this aid. Like, if you need a kidney, sure. You know, that that to me would be cool, but but it, somehow it would just get fucked up. You know. Well, just... that's you know the the problem is one of the biggest problems right now is um, our government doesn't care about the people that it's supposed to serve. I I think I fully agree with that. And I... you know, they only care about you know their special interest groups getting reelected and serving. Corporate America. That's yeah. all they care about. They, they, yeah. you know, they, they no longer care about me and you. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking about government, I got another quick hitter story, Jack. If you're ready for one more, mm-hmm. um, I didn't get a chance to talk about this because I wasn't here during my hi- hiatus during Christmas. But there was a zombie nativity scene that got international attention. I don't know if you read about that, Jack. But this guy in this neighborhood, I'm. I, I, just going by what I remember here, I, I kept wanting to talk about this, but he did a nativity scene um, that oh, was yes. themed in zombies. Right. And the, I don't know if it was the HOA or the government them, themselves, um, shut it down due to, uh, you know how like most governments have like, I mean, you can't like put um, car parts on your lawn and, and shit like that. So, uh, they said that it was too much. It wasn't subtle. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I looked at it and I laughed because I'm like, you know, I mean, so what? Like, it, it, it's have a sense of humor. Like, it's yeah. no big deal, you know? I well, mean, the, you know, they, they tried to play it off um, as the problem was not the theme, but the size that it. that it uh, Right. The, the size of it. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think that that's just BS. You know, we have we have here in Louisville, we have this one street that goes all out for Halloween and almost every house on the street goes crazy and decorates for Halloween. And it's Mm -hmm. massive. It's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, there are people that that complain about it. And most of the people complaining about it are, you know, the religious right. Because yet, it's not it's not their holiday. They, you know, right. They're they're celebrating you know something evil, which is ridiculous. But if it were to be Christmas and the same exactly you know, type of stuff would be set up, I'm I'm sure they wouldn't have an issue. Not right? even remotely. Yeah, I, I never understood why people get so upset about that stuff. Like there been, there have been cases here in Denver with you know zombie themed or Halloween right. themed type stuff. The only thing I hate is when people leave decorations up all year, whether yeah, they're Halloween or christmas or yeah i I live in a place i'm i'm very lucky i live in a townhome and most townhomes here and most new homes here like in the suburbs of of denver have um bs 
HOA fees, you know, mm-hmm. so the HOA can say pretty much whatever it wants. Like if they don't like the color of your house, they can say it's not an approved color. You know, these are the right. set color. And I, I hate stuff like that. That's like, and you pay for the privilege of this, by the way. And what is, know? and what exactly is the privilege? Uh, the privilege of them, you know, telling you, you can't do this and that right. on your property. Right. Now, and, and, and that's, and that is so often looked on as the American dream. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I hate it, but we're lucky. We we don't we live in a townhome, but there's no no HOA. I, I now there's certain things like I, I wouldn't want my neighbor putting car parts on his lawn. Like I might complain about something like that. I think that's you know looks looks tacky. It brings prices down and and stuff like that. Like if it's if it's that egregious, I I understand. But if you're putting up like a nativity scene that's going to be taken down in a timely fashion, who gives a shit? Sure, you sure. Know? I mean, come on. This is this is supposed to be America. You know, you're supposed to be able to do stuff like that. I mean, right. I, you know, as long as it's not hurting anybody or hurting property values, like what what difference does it make? Well, but that's the problem is that people take it so far and they're and the idea of hurting someone's opinion you know, becomes a part of the, of the game. It's like, you know what? I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't ever lash out at you for your religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I let you have those mm-hmm. because, and my, the way I look at everything, it's like whatever gets you to the end of the day. Right. I mean, right. I mean, if religion's your thing, your religion's yeah, your thing. You more know? have at it. Yeah. No, but, sure. you know, don't, don't, a, a lot of people, the, the people that really know me, are very fond of saying that I'm the most Christian atheist they've ever known. <laughs> because uh, when I was a little kid in elementary school, one of the first lessons they ever taught us was the golden rule. Mm. And it really stuck with me. Yeah. There's lots of, th- that's all you need. You know, there's, there's tons of things in religion that you can pull from that are very good. But yeah. I happen to think there are a lot of common sense things. Yeah. You know, if you look at the... Uh, Ten Commandments, and, sure. and we could get into that whole thing, but this is a zombie show. But what are the Ten Commandments of zombies? Ooh, we should do that, Jack. Like <laughs> y- you come up with five, I I come up with five, and we we get the Ten Commandments of zombies. You know that would be, <laughs> yeah. you know, thou shall not be fast or slow. Thou shall be what what thy will. You know, I mean, yeah. stuff like that. That'd be that'd be pretty awesome. I think we'd, we'd get a lot of shit for that. But we should, of course, so, we would. so what? <laughs> you know, we're I've never been turned away from controversy. I I, no, I like that type of stuff, man. That's what gets people talking. You know. Yeah. Um. Well, I think unless you have anything, Jack, that you want to talk about in in particular. Well, you know, we could go off on every tangent known to man. <laughs> and we normally do. We normally do, yeah. Um, but I don't I don't have anything else. I, yeah. I think that's uh, sufficient for today, Jack. Sure. So without further ado, are you ready for headshots? I am. All right, Jack. Who are you giving headshots? I got. You know, I want to. Sh- I want to give a shout out to my uh, street team. Yeah, I have one. Um, I use it a little differently than most people. I don't. I. I don't like spam, mm. and I don't like spam to be associated with me as an artist. Yeah. So mostly, what a lot of times, what I use my street team for is uh, beta readers and and 
things like that. They get to read my books before everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they, and they help me. They watch out for me. They're like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, you did. So, so some, they, they catch things in the books that right. I may have missed. And, you know, most of them, a lot of them, <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to become the first known scholars of my work <laughs> because <laughs> they know it really well. Um, so, you know, the, it's called the kingdom, um, because a long time ago, a, a, group of fans dubbed me the zombie king um and it just stuck so <laughs> so the street team's called the kingdom um they're a, a good group of people um if you're interested in joining just look me up on facebook uh it's it's you know i i don't i <laughs> i'm not a lot of street teams out there you see them you know pimping on a daily basis spamming walls and i'm like you know that's not what we do ah um, hell do it everybody else yeah. does oh i know <laughs> i you know I, i'll i i'll i'll post stuff when i have something released or if you know if there's something big happens um um you know like i'm releasing zombie radio 2 at the end of this month um it's a fun short story you'll want to read zombie radio the first first <laughs> um you know uh and I, I'm just really thankful that people are still reading, you know. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to everyone out there that reads, because I'm I'm I worry that in ten years from now, there's going to be so few readers that <laughs> that writers are going to become, uh, you know, extinct. Uh, digital might save the day. I hope so. Uh, you, know, you know, I hope so because, you know, it's traditional publishing is mired in so many issues and yeah. you know yeah. why are we still killing trees yeah for exactly. books when you know digital format works perfectly yeah for sure well people oh. still like it's like comic books people oh, still i know like i know the, the yeah i'm you know reading comic books on a digital form is not not so easy yeah it it is unless you have a, a big ipad i yeah. was pretty yeah. surprised i was yeah. you know but um all right anything any other headshots jack you know, I, um, we're, um, check out Mid-South Con. It's March 20th. It's the weekend of March 20th. I'll be there, um, with some other awesome, uh, apocalyptic writers. Uh, it's actually a huge convention. Um, you know, I'd love to see people. Uh, so check that out. Um, that's, you know, the next convention I'll be at. Uh, and, uh, you know, Check me out on uh, jackwallen.com. You can catch all the news that is <laughs> relative to me. Yeah. Uh, lots of upcoming stuff for you, Jack, which yeah. is always cool. Yeah, I've, I've got a – my, edit, my editorial calendar is pretty crazy this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a couple of headshots if you uh, don't have any more, Jack. That's about it. All right. Um, my first headshot – goes to a while back we had um uh, uh an author uh director slash um i gotta look look him up on uh uh twitter real quick i always, i don't want to mess up his name but i think his name is jeremy lee combs mm-hmm. and i was dming him and he oh said, yeah you mean jeffrey combs uh not jeffrey combs oh, he, that okay. jeffrey combs is the reanimator the act, yeah reanimator um, but, I'll look him up, but um, I got excited for a second. I'm no, sorry. I wish that would be totally awesome. But 
I'm going to try to get on set of his newest movie and oh, do cool. a couple of uh, interviews, which would be cool. They're they're going to be yeah. shooting in Colorado and um, it Heartfire. Um, let's see if I can find it. It's um, uh, Heartfire Productions, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn it! You know, oh yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Lee Combs. I had it for, with awesome. Heartfire Productions. They're going to be doing a new movie soon, and hopefully, I'll get on to uh, get some interviews and play them on the show. May or may not be zombie related, but you know mm-hmm. they they've done zombie movies in the past, so it'd be cool to have uh, that uh, for the show. Um, and check out the new website, WickedRadioNetwork.com. I'm very proud of it. I hope you all will visit and listen to some of the other shows. There's something for everybody. You can divide it into genres if you like horror, if you like comedy, if you like even comic books. We have anything and everything that any anybody could want, and we're getting more. So um, check it out. Tell me what you think. And that's that's about all I, I have, Jack. So I think we can put this episode to rest sure the normal question the first question is always are these cannibals they are not cannibals cannibalism in the true sense of the word implies an interspecies activity these creatures cannot be considered they prey on humans no more room in hell the dead will walk here Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.